I recently received an email about transgender ideology infesting police departments and law enforcement training operations. The author asked the intriguing question, quote, Why is it that the small minority calls the shots for the rest of us? I guess a better question should be, Why does the majority acquiesce to the bullying? Fear and cowardice is my guess. Many walking without spines today. End quote. There are three main reasons which I will summarize as cowardice, groundless morality, and isolation. Our collective refusal to assert what is right can be filed into these three main categories. Firstly, we live in a time when people are deprived of an understanding of heroism, or of great people to emulate. Those whom society once lauded have since been marred and written off as racists, fools, and misogynists. Their flaws are emphasized and their virtues ignored. It is implied that those who were imperfect ought to have not existed at all. Without an understanding of manifest greatness, inspiring us to reach beyond ourselves, people don't aim as highly. They are simply not going to engage in risk for the sake of virtue. In most cases, they're not even sure that virtue exists as anything other than a quaint notion from a simpler time. So if they don't regard the virtues, how and why would they live them? When a man destroys a satanic altar, or another creates a commotion because trans policies enabled his daughter's rape, people are shocked at how incompatible such actions are with the status quo they've come to expect. We reckon that people will be silent and apathetic. Anyone who engages in righteous action is slandered and condemned. When a society rewards courage with humiliation and denigration, it will breed cowardice. The second reason is that even though we've become secularized, people still want to do the right thing. They're just much less clear about what that is. We have an innate desire to do good as we can understand it. It can be a dangerous impulse because nobody ever thinks themselves the villain. So, our drive to do what is right, without any grounded source of morality, is open to misdirection. We can thereby too easily conclude that we should include the minority by acquiescing to immorality, instead of insisting that the minority take the necessary steps to act in a moral manner. In so doing, we commit a grave error, but with noble intention. A minority isn't right merely because it is small. Numerical minority is not equal to moral superiority. Yet without a grounded morality, this is just one area in which we can be grossly misled. This phenomenon demonstrates why religion, and the right one, is so important. It is what has always directed the people to what was acceptable and what ought to be espoused. Those asserting a preference for a secular society have to decide from whence morality comes. One cannot just scream, follow your conscience, for that's been used to justify atrocities small and large. From the human sacrifices of small tribes to the mass starvation of the Soviet Union, people have committed evil with clean consciences. If we fail to recognize a source of morality, our consciences will be improperly formed, and we will soon come to false conclusions, such as by trading what is good for what is weak in number. The third reason is that people are being made to feel that they are alone in their positions. Our media and system of academia have converged to insist that those who believe in Christian values, which built the West, are a small, dying-out minority. Because of their control over what people see and hear, too many believe them. 
Thus, people are less likely to fight back or to stand against the madness because they believe they would be standing alone. It's a devious strategy that enforces silence and defeatism. It's why it is so incumbent on those who know the truth to speak it. Our disconnectedness in the modern age feeds this isolation and false understanding of the world around us. Most of us don't know what our neighbours believe, but we think we do because it's fed to us by the evening news. Our lack of close community makes us weak to this form of manipulation. It is only with a Christian morality, an appreciation of heroes, promotion of virtues, and a stalwart community that we can build a culture. None of it happens overnight, nor can it exist in isolation. Each of these things come together to reinforce the other. One cannot appreciate a hero without understanding the virtue that he lived by, and one cannot understand the value of those lived virtues without heralding the Christian basis of morality from which they come. This serves to demonstrate how our faith becomes woven into every facet of a truly Christian culture, and also the degree of privation in our own.